Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM. WFAN New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Well, as I previewed on last Sunday's show, I'm going to revisit a story that I first discussed on the Sports Edge about two years ago. Now, in brief, this all has to do with the ongoing concerns about high school coaches who earn extra money outside their school district by coaching on a club team or a travel team, uh, usually uh, in the summertime. This issue is sometimes referred to as pay for play, but to me that's, uh, that's sort of a poor term. Uh, rather, it has more to do with the perception of a conflict of interest and the potential for favoritism with high school coaches who are paid for their coaching services in the off-season by the parents of, the high, of their high school players. Now, for those of you who are sports parents and who aren't familiar with this practice, let me explain it briefly. Due in large part to the growth of travel and club programs in recent years, especially during the summer months, a lot of high school coaches make extra money by coaching kids for pay in these programs. And in many cases, these coaches often coach the very same youngsters who play for them on their school team. Of course, during the school year, high school coaches receive payment directly from the school district for their services. That is, they are not paid by the kids or the kids' parents. But when the athletes are on an outside club team, the parents do pay the coaches for their services. It's a bit awkward to say the least. Well, why? Well, because it may certainly be legal in some cases. It does pose a question of ethics. And also, again, the question of perception that the high school coach might be influenced as to who to play on the varsity team during the school year, particularly if they're working with those kids in the summer months and are getting paid to work with those kids. Now, these days, Many school districts have come to grips with this issue by putting forth policies, and in most cases, it's it's made pretty clear that if the high school coach wants to work outside the school, outside the school district with a club team or doing paid clinics or just giving private lessons to athletes, then this all needs to be first fully approved by the athletic director 
and by the school district just to make sure there is no kind of an apparent conflict of interest or the perception of a conflict of interest. Which brings me to the unusual case of Southside High School in Rockville Center out in Long Island. Now, the girls' soccer team won the Nassau County Class A championship this past spring. The kids and their parents and coaches were elated. And the head coach of the team, uh, Jan Abgarian, and her assistant coach, Chris Aloisi, were even honored and saluted by the Southside School Board for their winning efforts. But then, a few weeks ago, when the school board was asked to approve the hiring of Jan and her assistant Chris for this coming fall season, school soccer varsity practice, of course, begins uh, very shortly in a week or two, the school board did something unexpected. They voted 3-2 to two not to rehire the coaches. <laughs> and as I mentioned last week, that's kind of an unusual way to honor your coaches after they won the county championship by not rehiring them. So why, you ask? Because it seems as though a couple of members on the school board at Southside hadn't forgotten that the assistant coach, Chris Aloisi, used to run a club team that had several Southside soccer players on it, and that some girls and parents took in, in Southside took strong exception to that, especially when their daughters didn't play in that club team and then didn't make the varsity team at Southside. Anyway, this past week, because of the outrage from the parents when these two coaches weren't rehired, the Southside School Board held a special session, which was open to the public, and they listened for two hours to questions and accusations from lots of angry and passionate parents as to why the two soccer coaches were not rehired. Remember, and this is true everywhere, school boards and school officials are never allowed to discuss matters of personnel, of, of hiring and firing, and indeed the board uh, and, and so that's outside did not go into any detail at all. So at the end of the day, end of the special session, the board's vote of 3-2 to two not to hire the coaches remained in place with no explanation or any reason given. Now, again, the scuttlebutt is that one of the members of the school board had a daughter who was on the, on the Southside soccer team a few years ago, and because that girl didn't play on the outside club team that the assistant coach ran, that that youngster ended up being either not getting a lot of playing time during the high school season or actually got cut from the team. Whatever the precise details are, honestly, I don't have them. But the bottom line is that apparently that parent, who is a member of the school board, saw an opportunity for some payback with these two coaches. And apparently two other board members felt the same way, and they singled out the two soccer coaches to not to be rehired. Now, as you might imagine, it's kind of hard to find a quality high school soccer coach when he or she knows that the previous coaching staff, which won the county championship, was not rehired. And so the Southside girls soccer team met with the superintendent and the athletic director a day after the special board meeting, and the girls were praised for their efforts, but they were told that no coach has been hired as a replacement just quite yet. In other words, the girls, the girls in the soccer team, they are becoming the ultimate victims here. They're eager to start their soccer season and get going with training, and yet there's no soccer coach in place. Now, I also want to point out that the head coach, Jan Abgarian, well, she's not involved in any outside club or travel program at all. And furthermore, both Jan and Chris were aware of a new policy in place in the school district 
that mandates that all high school coaches have to be transparent about their outside activities and that they need to be fully reviewed and approved by the athletic director before they can be rehired. And with both Chris Aloisi and with Jan Abgarian, they did all of that. And regardless, they still weren't hired by the school board, which apparently has to write uh, to say, no, we're not going to hire these coaches. So again, the victims here, of course, it's the soccer players. And of course, the two coaches as well. That's what I want to talk about this morning. Is this a right and fair decision? You tell me at one 337 6666 Or is this just a cautionary tale for all high school coaches and sports parents and athletic directors about the potential conflict between club teams and high school teams? And again, this is a topic that we have talked about many times in the, in the years past, but I can't recall a situation like this where obviously something happened Either a school board member felt the time was come to sort of set the record straight or, as I said, for some sort of payback. Again, they won't talk about it. They won't give the reasons or rationale as to why they wouldn't rehire coaches, even though there was a new policy put in place two years ago and the coaches abided by it. But again, beyond that, there's still a question here which has never really been totally sort of figured out or, or really sort of dissected between the potential for a conflict of interest with high school coaches getting paid in the summertime by some of their own players who obviously aspire to be one of the starters or get a lot of playing time or be in the varsity, you know, come once the school year begins in September. And again, just to repeat, over the last two years, the school board in Southside, they had passed a new policy that made it clear that any coach who wants to, to moonlight with a club program or do private lessons or clinics that all needs to be approved by the AD and the superintendent before the coach will be allowed to do any of that. And again, in Southside, that's exactly what these coaches did. They complied with that request, and sure enough, the athletic director and the superintendent approved their applications to be rehired under this new policy in Southside School District in Rockville Center. That policy is known as uh, 6480. Uh, it was then handed up to the board for a rubber stamp approval to hire these coaches, but then the coaches were voted down. Does anybody have a solution to this? I mean, we've talked in the past about school districts being a little more transparent about coaching decisions, but again, it seems to me as an outsider, the actions of the, of the board here seem to be almost punitive in the way they treated these two coaches. And again, just a few months ago, these coaches are being celebrated and, and lauded by, by the, the school district. It's very strange. one 337 6666 is our number. <coughs> Excuse me. I do think that we, what we need in all these kind of cases when it comes to hiring and firing and, and decisions on, on coaches is real transparency. Now, I understand you can't go into great detail, but there has to be some some explanation and some sort of rationale as to what is going on. I mean, in doing my research, I read where one resident out in Southside, a woman named Karen Parker, she's the vice president of the Southside High School Booster Club, said she was shocked and disappointed by the board's decision that the community is entitled to know why it was made. And I'm quoting uh, Ms. Parker, quote, I think the community deserves answers to questions about the motivation of these three board members and justification of their vote. If the board knows information about these coaches that the community doesn't, well, they should say so, even if the specifics 
can't be discussed. And I think that's a pretty fair request. You know, they give full details, but at least the parents know there's something that the board knows about that would basically convince them not to rehire two coaches who have complied with a new policy within the school district. Now, I know there are a lot of parents and coaches who feel strongly that, in general, once you start to take money from your players, from your high school players, then only bad things can happen. I mean, for starters, taking money from a teenage student-athlete well, it just sort of reeks of being somehow unethical because it raises real questions of potential favoritism once that same kid comes out to try out for, you know, the, the, the volleyball team or, or the basketball team or, or uh, whatever sport it may be. And coaches, I want to get your sense about this as well because you're caught right here between the crosshairs. And I know that individual states have different policies about this, and we'll discuss that as well, but it's still a very, very tricky, very, very delicate kind of issue. And, and again, coaches, I, I'm curious to get this. So we're going to talk about this today. Again, let's get your calls and comments about this. one 337 When I return, we'll go right to your calls. Stay with me. Welcome back to the Sports Edge, everyone. We're discussing this morning this perplexing situation Regarding the Southside High School girls soccer team, in which the two coaches were not rehired uh, last uh, last couple of weeks, even though the team won the Nassau County Championship this past spring, the issue has to do with the local school board at Southside, presumably feeling that the coaches had a conflict of interest uh, a couple of years ago in their coaching some of their, their players for pay during the summertime. We're taking your calls and comments about this whole issue of coaches, high school coaches working summer gigs uh, for pay when they're coaching their own uh, youngsters from the school district. one 337 6666 Let's start our conversation this morning with uh, John in, in Westchester County. John, good morning. You're on the fan. Hey, good morning, Rick. How are you doing? Good, John. You know, this is uh, something that I've uh, been concerned about for a number of years in my own uh, district. Yep. But first, let me say what, this, what the school board did was absolutely atrocious. <laughs> you know, they, were, they were pre-approved for this, and that was punitive, and it was hurting only the kids. But the, the, the solution to all this is don't let it happen. You're coaching in our district. You know, pay them a little extra money, but you cannot have uh, summer travel. And, and the reason why, Rick, is because I, this happened to my kid. We had a basketball coach that came in, new yeah. coach, uh-huh. and he was giving private lessons, right? So you had kids signed up. So guess what? I had to sign my kid up, too. I mean, I was forced to because he'd be behind the eight ball. Now the coach gets one-on-one time with certain kids and gets to know them, gets to know their parents. And then when the season starts, well, he's very familiar with them, right? Yes. And so I just think it's wrong, and this has been going on for a number of years, and there, there's absolutely a conflict of interest. You can't help it. If I'm a coach, even me, if I was a coach, I would get to know certain kids better, and I would get to see and develop them and like them. What, they're going to sit the bench, and the kids who didn't come with me all summer long are going to play? That's not going to happen unless the kids, you know, uh, well, John, this is... You just you basically just crystallized uh, the situation. And every sports parent who has aspirations for the youngster, their boy or girl going through a high school process, suddenly 
they're confronted with what you just said. Well, the high school coach is saying, well, uh, I'm going to run a basketball uh, clinic in the offseason, and uh, those kids uh, on the, who aspire to be on the basketball team during the winter months with the same coach, they're going to feel an obligation to, yes, sign up and be with that coach. So the coach gets a chance, as you said, John, to get to know the kid better, to know the, the parents. There's money being transacted. And if you're not part of that group, whatever reason, perhaps you're playing a different sport in the summertime, or perhaps you, your family doesn't have the financial wherewithal to put up more money, whatever the reason may be, suddenly when the tryouts begin come uh, the fall, the coach already knows the kids who went to the, the camp and paid the money and, and their goal, it's just like a reunion. The other kids are on the outside looking in and they have to sort of start from a, basically a disadvantage because the coach doesn't know them. And not to mention the whole sense of like, well, is this even ethical? John, that, that is exactly what goes on. And, and clearly, you know, that's a problem. Uh, I, I wish we had a solution for this. And again, maybe the time has come where you basically say, okay, the school district, and, and John, thank you for the call. You go back and you say to the school district, we have to really figure out what we can do to make sure the coaches are aware of this. Now, in New York State, for example, you know, I'm talking uh, to some of, uh, you know, some friends and doing some research on this. In New York State, uh, you know, <laughs> coaches – uh, high school coaches I spoke to said they usually they're allowed they're first of all they're allowed to coach their players in the summertime, but the coaches are fully reminded that this kind of action uh, cannot be uh, designed in any way to have any impact or influence on their decision on which of the kids make their team during the school year or how much playing time they get. And most coaches when they when they have these summer uh, programs or teams they do sit down with the parents and say you understand that you just, just having your kid on my team in the summertime, there's no guarantee of any special favoritism is going to be shown to your kid once we get back into the regular season. But that puts, again, I'm glad to hear that coaches understand that and abide by it, but again, it's still the perception. That's a concern. Let's move on. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Matt up in Somers, New York. Matt, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Okay, Matt, let's, uh, he's gone. Let's move on to, let's go to Ed Ward over in Elizabeth. Ed, good morning. What do you think of all this? Good morning, Rick. How you doing? Good, Ed. Here's the big problem. When you get parents that are on a board, okay, yeah. and they got, they got children playing sports, and they're not getting the playing time, what they do is, Rick, they gang up, they get other members of the board that are their friends, and that's what happens when they don't rehire a coach. Mm -hmm. And this is the way it's very big in New Jersey. And here's the, here's what goes on in New Jersey. When you got quality coaches that get dismissed for whatever reasons, and, and maybe it's, it has nothing to do with anything unethical. Then what they do is, is there's an attorney in New Jersey who's, a, who's an American Legion coach who they go to see and he, they wind up suing a school district and they wind up making more money than what, than what they're getting paid. So you know what, and, and it's it's going on a lot, and um, it, it's sad. But you know the thing is with the, with the travel, uh, being a travel coach, maybe the coach should not, and he's running a, a whatever type of team. Maybe he shouldn't take take any of his players this way to cover his cover their rear end for what, for whatever issues they are. But what you're seeing it, it all over, Rick, there's too much bull crap going on with people. Uh, on boards that, that are looking to dismiss coaches. And you know what? 
more and more of the better high school coaches are coaching travel because the because there's, there's less headaches. And not only that, they probably get paid more also. Well, uh, you, make it, uh, you said some of their ad, which I, in particular, I think might be a, a possible way to sort of get around this. That if, uh, and I hear what you're saying. That obviously, we know high school coaches, uh, and there's been a real drain uh, on school districts because uh, you know some high school coaches decide that you know I can actually uh, make more money working on a club team in the summertime uh, than working as a high school coach uh, in the school district. So I'm just going to walk away from coaching the high school and just focus on my club team. They're more than welcome to do that. It just makes it very difficult on the school district because you're, you're seeing a, a migration of really good high school coaches now going just to working with club and walking away from schools. But you mentioned something which makes some sense and just to say, look, if you want to work in the, in the summertime doing clinics or doing private lessons, whatever it might be, in your sport, that's fine. But you cannot work with any youngster who was in your school district. In other words, if you want to work at a neighboring with kids from other school districts or other schools, that's fine. But don't work with anybody within your own school district because that would at least perhaps get rid of the, of the perception of, of a conflict of interest. I mean, that that. That has been done in some schools, and it does seem to work, um, even though from the coach's perspective, he might say, well, I'm basically making my opponents better uh, as opposed to improving my own kids. But that's something to be considered. Uh, I think that's – I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ed. We all, we all – including you. We're all coaches because we love to coach. And yes. you know deep down we're not making great money. So the, the point is we just want to do our job. But when you get board members interfering because maybe their son or daughter's on a team and they're ganging up to get coaches fired, the coaches don't want that headache. They, no, they I, just I, want to coach. They want to coach. They, they want to teach. Yeah, they're going to get paid, but we, we're, they're not getting rich on it. On it. I, I, and, uh, I, I, I agree with you. And, and you know, and, and just to, in most cases, uh, members of the school board uh, are people who are volunteers uh, they don't get paid, and yeah, I mean they are they are parents, obviously, of kids in school. Uh, Ed, thank you. Let me move on to the calls. Thank you, as always, for your thoughts. Uh, and I just want to make clear, but this happened in Southside a couple of years ago. Uh, they they appointed an athletic count, athletic advisory council, and they came up with I mentioned earlier uh, in the hour a new policy called 6480. That's the number in, in their 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 their, uh, their handbook. And basically, it says not only is it applies. Uh, to uh, you mentioned about having to get approval from the AD or the superintendent to be transparent if you're working and making money outside, you know, your normal hours. But that applies to teachers as well. I mean, if you're a teacher uh, who's working with, let's say, kids who are uh, who are musicians or they're acting students uh, or teachers are getting paid as tutors, uh, when there's any kind of money being exchanged here in, in Southside not just the coaches, but the teachers as well, all have to get this approved ahead of time, uh, which seems to make a lot of sense just to say, look, we, we want to be very clear about what's going on here and being transparent. Uh, again, this happens to focus just on, on, on soccer coaches in this particular incident, but it's applying across the board to all the teachers. And apparently it's, 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 only, it's a new policy. It's been in place for a year or two. It seems to be working. But again, it has to be approved ahead of time, so there's not a question of any misunderstanding. 
as to any potential conflict of interest. Uh, this is this is really difficult. I mean, I, I, I as I said, every state seems to have its own rules and ideas about what coaches can and can't do in the off season. This didn't happen 25 years ago, but it's happening now because obviously the impact of the chance for coaches to make some extra cash, which is fine uh, during the summer months. Let's move on. Let's go. Uh, let's go to Jack Smithland over in Fairlawn. Jack, good morning. Um, I have a pretty good idea how you feel about all this, but I want to hear you say it. So go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm you know I like like you guys know from from the show. You know, I've, I've coached. I'm in my 47th year of coaching. You know, now at the college level, but at the high school level, you know, there's three different categories that I look at here. You know, when a coach is coaching at the high school level and they start doing private lessons for their kids, that is completely unacceptable. It's unethical um, to ever take money from a player that you are coaching. Mm -hmm. I don't care. That's my feeling. You know, in New Jersey, we're allowed to work with our kids um, coaches are allowed to work with their kids in the summer. They cannot work with their kids during the school year unless it's in season. And, you know, in a lot of these coaches, all, you know, all three seasons, they work with their kids in the summer. They get, they get them playing in high school leagues and stuff like that. But, you know, when I did it years and years and years ago, you know, I didn't take any money. I didn't get paid for my coaching. I did it because, you know, it made my team a more, United team. It got them working together. It got them experience, you know. So, you know, but you have that particular situation. And forever, anytime any coach ever takes money from one of their high school kids for private lessons, it's unethical and uncalled for and can only cause <clears throat> can only cause problems. Well, the but, next step is yeah. go ahead. I was saying, but you know, if a no, kid is in New Jersey. Is a kid allowed to play in, uh, for his high school coach in the summertime on a on a club team? Yes, yeah, he can play in the but, summer. You can work with any of your kids, and, do and whatever get, you want, and they can get paid. Start, you can bring your high school team. You can bring your high school team into a league. Yes, but and, and they, they and, but, team. but the kids get the kids pay, but the parents pay. Well, what we used to do is go through the town recreation program, and the recreation, you know, uh, association bought the uniforms, paid for the umpires. You know, kids might have to buy a T-shirt, but never, ever did the coach get paid for coaching. You know, I mean, and that was in New Jersey. Now, it's it's different today because, you know, with the the next step I was going to say is that say that coach works for a camp works for an organization that does clinics in the summer, and their kids come to that. Mm-hmm. That's a different ball game because he's not getting money directly from those players. The camp is paying him. He sees a 100 or 1,000 kids during the week, and maybe 10 or 15 are his kids. But it's still, you know, in my opinion, it still can cause problems. And then you have your, your, your wild, wild west, you yes. know, the, yep. the club programs. And that's where this this school came into the soccer program, the soccer thing you're talking about here, is that they were approved for what they did and then got kind of screwed over by the board <laughs> because of irate board members. Yes. And the point, Rick, is that there are and I've witnessed this, there are club programs, okay, that 
take money from their players all year. Let's say $10,000. Some are, you know, extraordinary. Some are mm-hmm. 15 mm-hmm. all year, four seasons. You play for three seasons, and during the winter, you're working out, you're hitting, you're throwing, you're doing conditioning, you're doing everything, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's a year-round program. And during that time, these club coaches or, you know, these select team coaches are taking money doing lessons for their players that are paying $10,000 a year for them. That, I believe, is unethical also. It, you know, I was, I was, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, it, it just seems like a, a, so, a real sort of a rat's nest of all sorts of, of conflicts of interest. Again, at least in Southside with this new policy, they said, look, you gotta, if you're going to do any of this stuff with kids in the school district who are going to play for you on, your, on, your, on the school team, you have to basically be upfront and honest about it because... Exactly. Uh, you should always be upfront. Well, of course. But, the, but look, I heard, Jack, I heard of a case not too long ago where, um, where a high school coach is very quietly has invited uh, only certain players from his team to play on his summer league team. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like if I were the parent of a kid who wants to make that varsity team and is not invited to play in the coach's summer league team, well, I, I'd have a real issue with that. I mean, it's like the coach has already decided who's going to be the key players on the team come, come the school year. That, that's, that's, that's the wild, wild west, my friend, you know? Well, let's let's talk, let's let's say one other thing about that. That coach better take a shovel and start digging the ditch because he's going to be buried for that. Hopefully, <laughs> you know, if the if the school board if the school board and 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 everybody else sees what's going on, I mean, you can't invite. You got to make it. You got to make it available to every one of your players, or you're yeah. going to always have problems. Always I, have problems. I, I couldn't you know, agree but, more. But the fact that we're still having this conversation, I mean, club and travel yep. and summer league teams have been around for 20, 30 years. We're still having this conversation because coaches can't seem to find, uh, either they're trying too hard to find ways to get around it or by being deviant or they'll say, well, I'm going to set up. I don't get paid directly by the parent in the summertime. I, have a, I set up a, um, uh, an LLC uh, like a corporation, right. so that the parents don't pay me directly; they're paying money to my LLC. What's the difference? You're still getting the money from the What's from the, the company. So, yeah, I mean, it's just you know, I I had a solution, and I I mentioned this to a board member years ago, and and this happened, you know, when New Jersey allowed you to start working with your players in the summer. Yeah, I said, hey, let the school board pay the, if they're going to work with their teams. You know, like I always like to do. You know, I always got a parent. They coached the team, okay, when it wasn't allowed. You know, when you weren't allowed to work with your kids in the off season, no matter what. And then, then New Jersey allowed you to start working, you know, with your kids in the summer. And I think they had, that had a lot to do with the big Catholic schools who were doing it no matter what anyway. Football teams, you know, the big, the big power football programs, they were starting their practices in June. So, you know, but what I said is if you're going to do that, let the school board pay you to do that. Put that into your coaching salary. So now you won't have any conflicts. You know, the only conflicts you'll have is during the year, if you're doing private lessons or working camps or clinics in the, in the, in the, during the school year, that, that don't, you can't allow your kids to come to those, well, ever. You know, that, you can't be a part of that. 
Jack, let me, uh, I got to take a break, but that makes a lot of no sense problem. as well. If, if the school board has the financial wherewithal, because money is always tight with school budgets, to do something like that, that's a possible uh, solution, a way out of this mess as well. Uh, let, me, let me take, Jack, thanks for the call as always. Let me take a time out. Obviously, I want to get back to more of your calls on the other side of the break. When I can turn, uh, we'll continue our conversation about the perception of, of conflicts of interest when it comes to high school coaches getting paid in the summertime by their players. 1-877-337-6666. Don't forget, my friends, that Richard Neer comes along at 9 o'clock this morning following the Sports Edge. And, uh, of course, I always ask you to follow me on Twitter at hashtag AskCoachWolf. We're talking this morning about the perception of a conflict of interest, of the ethics of high school coaches who work with their players in the offseason and who get paid for their coaching and how and why, in particular, two successful soccer coaches at Southside High School uh, were not rehired this year to coach the girls' soccer team, even though there's a new policy in place at Southside, and those coaches had basically complied with those, and they were approved by the athletic director and the superintendent. Uh, it's, a, it's just a very, very sad, complicated affair where the school board decided not to hire these two coaches. And again, the victims here are the girls on the soccer team who are wondering who's going to coach them this year, how come these coaches were let go, and so on and so forth. In fact, you know, it's funny, I... I was thinking about the Jack Smithland's comments during the break, and you know, some months ago we talked on the show about a private high school uh, in the D.C. area, and obviously there are others as well uh, which do the same thing. But the school, this school in 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 Washington, said they tell you up front that if your son wants to try out for the varsity baseball team, then he has to also be on the coach's summer league team. And to be in that coach's summer league team is going to cost several thousand dollars. Now, if you don't pay that summer league fee when your kid enrolls in school, and again, it's, it's, a, it's a substantial amount of money, then your kid, well, quite frankly, has very little chance of being on the varsity. Now, I, I'm, I realize I'm generalizing a bit, but that's pretty much how it goes down to that school. But again, at least that school is open about its pay-for-play policy. They're very clear about this. Of course, uh, even if you do pay to have your kid on the coach's summer league team, there are no promises about playing time or even making the varsity that spring. one 337 6666 In other words, a lot of school districts are trying to grapple with these kind of issues, uh, and it's, it's, it still goes on. Let's uh, continue. Let's go with Kyle over in Eatontown. Kyle, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Hey, good morning, Rick. How are you? Good, Kyle. No, that that was a great uh, last call. He touched on a lot of really good points. Um, I'm a uh, you know former pro player from the Shore area. Um, I run a, a travel baseball organization down here. I'm very mm-hmm. um, you know I, I'm still very passionate about my alma mater, which is a private school down here, baseball powerhouse, um, and just just everything that's been going on in, in the travel ball landscape over the last couple of years has has really been disheartening between between the parents and then the way some organizations run things. Um, I wanted to get your feedback on a specific situation, and I'm not going to, you know, call out said school or, or said organization, but I just wanted to kind of hear your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have a program here down here now um, that's that's headed by a high school coach, um, and and like you said, it's very unethical for for a high school coach to be working and giving lessons and taking money from said players. So I wanted to kind of hear your feedback. So if that if that trainer if that head coach runs that program and then hires 
other coaches to give said lessons to his players. Mm-hmm. Do you still do you still call that unethical? Because you you have to understand that those trainers are are still giving their feedback to head coach, right? And that and that's basically an advantage to any other player that's going out for that said high school. Yeah, again, not knowing all the details, Kyle, but I will say this, uh, there's two pathways here. One is that, again, the, the, the line of communication, the assistant coaches obviously are in daily communication contact with the head coach. Obviously, they're giving feedback on the kids, they're, 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 how the kids are making progress or not making progress, who's impressing them. So that's, that's a problem uh, in terms of the other kids who do not attend that camp. Uh, or that or are not involved in that team, uh, and also the, the one about the the money trail. I mean, the money is still coming in, uh, may not be paid directly, you know, to to the um, the assistant coaches from the parents, but obviously they're getting paid by the organization by the the head coach who's obviously running the operation. Uh, in a way, it's somewhat parallel to what happened here in Southside High School with the head soccer coach, the girl soccer coach, Jan Abgarian, she's not involved apparently in any outside club teams at all. And yet she still got, she still was not rehired because there was some lingering sense that somehow she's in cahoots with the assistant coach who, you know, was running an outside program and they were talking about players on a daily basis. Again, it's very, very delicate. It, it's hard to figure this out, Kyle, but um, it, is a, it is a concern that coaches have to be aware of. And, and to Jack's point, Jack Smithland's point, Maybe the time has come to try to avoid all this. If coaches need to and want to make more money in the off season, either it's made clear they cannot work with any any youngster who is who may end up playing for them in that school district. Uh, they can work only with kids outside the school district, or the school board puts aside or, or the booster club puts aside money uh, for the the coaches to be paid to, during the summertime uh, and only work with the kids within their school district. It really demands some real attention because, Kyle, it is a concern. Obviously, you said it is a concern for you. Does any of that make sense to you? No, that, that makes that makes great sense. And, and what you see a lot nowadays is a lot of the, the private schools, you know, up north, down here, they look to have theater programs for their high school programs. So you see a lot of the programs they, they like to put out, whether it's a camp, whether it's a clinic, based around said high school. And then what they do is they try to formulate teams of players who in hopes are going to go to their school. That way they get the kids playing together at an earlier age, and then they kind of just feed them into the high school. Yes. Um, you know, a lot a lot of the big-time schools are doing it nowadays, and, and they're seeing the results. Um, you know, and, and that's kind of, in a way, an unfair advantage, if, if you, so to speak, but it's, it, it's not against the rules because they're not coaching those kids yet. You know, they're 7th and 8th graders. Correct. Their, their high school coaches are okay to coach those kids. Yeah, there's all sorts of issues. Uh, you know, if one thing, uh, does it fall upon the school districts to enforce this? Uh, you know, because or does it fall upon the shoulders? Again, this is we're talking about New Jersey. Does it fall upon uh, the shoulders of the New Jersey uh, Interscholastic Athletic Association? Are they the ones charged with being the watchdogs to watch over this? And again, I don't know how much if they have enough personnel to to go around uh, the state of New Jersey and see what's going on. But there there has to be some some real explanation. I do think Southside with their their new policy about having the athletic director uh, and the superintendent being involved with all the coaches saying, tell us what you're doing 
be transparent about this uh, because it's going to have a bearing, obviously, on whether or not we're going to hire you or keep you hired uh, from a year-to-year basis in our school district. But you have to be upfront. Uh, at least that's a, that's that's a push in the right direction. I know other school districts do that as well, but it needs to be really be examined because, uh, as I said, this thing is. Uh, Kyle, as you said, a lot of coaches are being creative and trying to sort of technically tiptoe around the rules to make sure they can do this and build their program. And, you know, uh, plus make a few bucks, too. It's, it's a concern. Kyle, let me get some other calls. Thank you for, for your, your thoughts about this. Let me move over to, uh, to, to Dave over in Patterson. Hey, Dave, good morning. You're next up on The Fan. Rick, good morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, in, in New Jersey, the state um, NJSA will not allow you to coach your own high school kids um, during the um, out-of-season period. Okay. They're, saying that they're telling you that it's unethical, and yet we're allowing – how can you take money from your own kids? It's so unethical, it's not even funny. Um, and like <laughs> the previous caller just said, you're allowed to take – you're allowed to coach kids in the 7th and 8th grade, so why would, a, why would a high school coach even want to even get into this and, and – and I would never want to take money from my own kids. I, I just don't know how you can do that. I just I don't get that. Well, I, I think that's a loophole that's going to be patched up. I mean, they're going to have to start to say, well, you know, we're not t- if you can't do it at the high school level, you sure as heck can't do it at the middle school or elementary school level, too. And by the way, we have to be talking primarily here about soccer or baseball. It could be softball. It could be also the individual sports. I mean, if, if a high school, you know, a, a golf coach or, or, or tennis coach, same thing. I mean, it, it doesn't make any difference. You're trying to get away from this. You're trying to build a sense that every kid who goes out and tries out for a high school team, there's a sense of, of uh, democracy, meritocracy, level playing field, whatever term you want to use. But the concern is, well, the coach already knows some of these players because he had them or she had them in, in a summer league team or a club team where they got paid. And uh, that's a concern. I mean, it's just it's a real ethical concern. Um, you know, and it's, it is a concern because, quite frankly, as we said, a lot of the high school coaches are eager to make extra money in the offseason, which I fully understand. But, um, you know, it's, it's difficult. Uh, uh, no question. Uh, no, and that, again, have the, have the coaches from Long Island, um, have they made any statements or anything? No, the coaches on Southside, from what I understand, have not made any statement. Uh, I think they're trying to basically see how this all plays out. But the school board, as I mentioned earlier this week at Southside and Rockville Center, they sat and listened to outraged parents for two hours who had demanded a special session of the school board. And at the very end, the school board said, well, thank you. And then the, the parents said, well, aren't you going to perhaps have a, a, a new vote or reconvene or take this under advisement or do something? And the school board basically said, "No, we just you wanted to, we you, you asked uh, you wanted to be heard. We've heard you, but our vote stands." And the coaches have not been rehired. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, it's just and, really weird. So I'm sure that that the coaches are trying to figure out, you know, what they do next. What and the the two coaches happen to be uh, teachers, uh, full time teachers within that school district. Uh, wow! It's just it's just a very very difficult, uh, and it's a lose lose for the girls in particular because they want to benefit from these two good coaches. Remember, the team last year won the Class A uh, championship in Nassau County. So, I mean, it's just right. very, right. very, and very you, disconcerting. So, And you had a good point. Um, it, state by state is so different because uh, New Jersey is so much different from New York um, in terms of out-of-season coaching and, and so forth. So each state is, is just completely on its own almost. Well, as a matter of fact, uh, yeah, going back to my, my uh, studies on this, uh, back uh, show you how it differs so much. 
in 2017 in Ohio, the high school coaches are now free to coach their high school players in the offseason and charge money for it uh, because in Ohio, it turns out that there were so many talented high school coaches who were leaving their traditional high school varsity teams and their programs in order to coach travel and club teams because they had more freedom and fewer restrictions and can make, quite frankly, more money. So the Ohio State Athletic Association, you know, which had for years banned high school coaches from coaching their kids in the offseason, well, they did a total 180, and they decided to get rid of that ban in the hopes that the high school coaches would stay with their high school programs because the state officials concluded that they'd rather have certified and qualified high school coaches working with their kids on club teams rather than allow pretty much anyone with zero qualifications to run a travel team. And, and at least the high school coaches, as point out, were trained educators, educators who had CPR training and background checks. So, I mean, every state is grappling with this. Every school district is grappling with this. It is a real major concern. And, again, <laughs> you know, I mention this all the time. There was the wild, wild west of youth sports. Where is our commissioner of youth sports when we really need him or her to step up and to say, okay, here's what we need to do. And, and you know, uh, Dave, thank you for the call. I, I just think we got some real concerns here. Uh, it is a complicated issue. Uh, I'd like to think that most of the high school coaches understand the perception of conflict of interest. I also understand high school coaches, you know, uh, have families of their own. They want to make some more money for their own families. Uh, and they want to find out a way where they can generate some extra cash in the summertime from their coaching skills. But to do it in such a way that they're not going to be finding themselves in this kind of awkward situation as uh, these two soccer coaches at Southside High School found themselves not being renewed because somebody on the school board decided this is my chance for real payback from how my kid uh, got so quote-unquote cheated out of not making the soccer team two or three years ago. This is a real concern, and it's, it's something in the real world. And I guarantee you, as we heard from the callers this morning, if you've gone through this as a sports parent with your kid through middle school and into high school and realizing that if your kid wants to be in that varsity team next year, he or she has to play on the outside club team, yeah, they're going to get good coaching, perhaps pay pretty good competition, but they still have to pay. Or you have to pay as a parent, and it's going to cost you a lot of money. Is that fair? Is that fair across the board? Is it fair in any way whatsoever? These are the questions we're asking, and that's why I wanted to shine some light this morning on what happened at Southside High School so that other athletic directors, school districts, can figure out a better way to handle all this very, very delicate issue. All right, that's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks this morning to Ed Arzuman. Please stick around for Richard Neer. He's up next. I'll see you next Sunday right here on the Sports Edge. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.